Welcome to the Kickoff in the Valley post-game show. Birds of a feather, Cardinals, Eagles from State Farm Stadium. 20 to 17 final uh, coming down to the wire. The Cardinals drop one to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Tyler Vasquez of Bird Gang Travel Club following us, uh, following the Cardinals around the the NFL and across to the country and into other countries this season uh, all year long. My co-host for today, it's not Gunnar Jackson. Gunnar Jackson uh, still out at a conference with St. Jude's doing some good work out there. Uh, but filling in, you saw him a couple of games ago. It was after the Raiders game and almost a, as crazy of an ending here. Uh, Mr. Britton Golden, Cardinals wide receiver, alumni. Uh, Britt, how you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, where'd you get to watch the game from today? Where were you at? Uh, we had a little get together at a buddy's house. Watch nice. That. It was rocking inside State Farm. I mean, I, let's talk about some positives right off the jump before I get right into the negative that was the opening drive. Um, the Cardinals ultimately they they started out. Uh, actually, let's talk about the positives. State Farm was the best I've seen it, and it feels like, I don't know, 10 games, uh, nine games uh, at times, although there was a lot of green in the stadium. And as I was walking around outside today, uh, kind of bouncing, we didn't actually have official tailgate, so we we were hanging out kind of on the lawn. I walked over to Westgate. It was green everywhere. I mean, it, thousands and thousands of Eagle fans. How did it look on TV, Britt? Was it, did, was it very loud for the Eagle fans? Uh, it was in there. It was loud. I mean, the stadium was loud pretty much the whole game. I mean, obviously, we were just watching it on TV, but yeah, the stadium was rocking. There was a lot of green in the stands, which seems to be like a reoccurring theme since I played here. It was always, especially the Midwest teams, that they've always got to kind of overshadows the fans of our fans in there. Well, you know what it is, is they want to they want to beat the cold and, and get a nice little vacation to Arizona, get some golf in, yeah, have a good time. Yeah, my prices go up. That's the problem. Yeah, Sky yeah, they're driving up price. your prices, 100%. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, for them, it's a great trip, just like for us. You know, when we go out to cool cities, yeah. uh, destination cities, you know, we do it with the big group. But mm-hmm. I will say their group uh, was kind of the inspiration for us, seeing some of their groups travel um, over the years kind of helped give us the idea of, of launching bird gang travel. So they did not disappoint again. They were out here in full force. Um, but that's where an upset would have made this ever so sweet, but let's, let's jump right into the game watching in the first quarter. It was much of the same with the Cardinals. They did get a first down on their first uh, drive. I did like that. They lost the coin toss and that the Eagles deferred and made us start on offense yeah. Because when the Cardinals start slow, and I'm going to ask you as, as being a pro and, and been there before, when you have this struggle of starting fast and, and you're starting slow all the time, does getting the ball and, and not allowing the offense to kind of cool down on the sideline, does that help? I think it does. And there were situations when, especially when we played here, that we would, when we would have a lull in starting games fast that, you know, we would switch it instead of deferring. It was now nah, we want the ball, give the offense the ball first. Let us go out there and try to set the tone early and try to gain some momentum at the beginning of the game. So I think I think it is helpful. It allows your offense to go in there straight off of warm up instead of just sitting and waiting and 
I think it allows guys to, you know, and it doesn't always work. I'm wrong. It doesn't always go the way you want it to. But I like that. Like you said, I like them losing the coin toss and having to receive because it gives you that opportunity to try to set the tone early. Obviously, it didn't work today, but you know, I, I, to me, I think it's something they should look into in the future. Winning a coin toss, take the ball. Just try yeah, well, to find I- ways to set the tone early as an offense. It, it's been five games. You've started slow in every single one of them. So Everyone. this was the one difference. You did get a first down. I still think it's uh, the script plays that, that Cliff is coming up with that are the problem. Listen, I don't I don't know. I don't like this. I, I can't stand the play calling. I hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not on here trying to take, you know, take away from the job, but what what added fuel to my fire with the play calling was what happened in the preseason. Right? Oh, you think it's you think it's easy? You do it. But then you gave the reins to Kyler Murray, and he marched down the field and scored in those preseason games as the quote unquote offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I'm not a big believer in this Kingsbury's a guru, offensive guru. Yeah, they're they're opening drive. So first was James Conner run up the middle for four yards. Kyler Murray passed uh, short left to Zach Ertz. Nice to see them get Zach Ertz alive. And and how about that? When they did the, when the, yeah, when they played the, uh, the, when they had the intros and they had the players come out, they did announce the offense. And I think they clever on purpose uh, had Ertz because I don't think in the other times they've done the offense, Ertz did not come out right before Kyler Murray, but they had Ertz come out second to last and the eagle fans erupted for Ertz. gave him a lot of love it was it was really cool to see and i will he's say a lot- legend though he's an eagle legend yeah, and they yeah. there's nothing they could do and he did the crazy part was it wasn't his terms of leaving he would have stayed yep yep so i don't think there's much bad blood with the eagles and zach Ertz as people want there to be well and, and i will say this a lot of people give the eagle fans a hard time about being kind of a rough fan base and and kind of a pain. I get it, but I will tell you, and I had two, I went to Philly twice and I had two different experiences. First time group I was by the Eagles weren't very good. So they pretty much, they were fine all game. They were like, Hey, we know we suck. You guys are good. They knew we were, that was the year we went to the NFC championship. So they knew we were uh, a contender. Um, But then when, and I remember Ertz caught a touchdown and they played uh Oh man, what was the song that hurt so good? Uh, but they play it every time Ertz would score. I think he scored twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the second time I went, they were a bunch. Of, they they were not jerks to me, but there were there was a Cardinal fan next to me that was trying to talk some stuff, and they didn't appreciate that too much, and and they kind of got in. Today, the car, the uh, Eagle fans, I I had an obnoxious person that I brought to the game, known as my little brother, and uh, <laughs> he he had definitely had a few too many to start. Uh, the pregame festivities today. And so when we got in, he was chirping back and forth at some Eagle fans and, um, but they were all good. Everybody was good. It was a f- fun, more just uh fun trash talk back and forth. Everyone their Their away game group is a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I think they a get it. Nicer than the home game group. Uh, I don't think you want to get kicked out of a game on a, an away game trip. I did see a yeah, little back and forth between a couple fans and secure. I saw the sheriff, get on the remote and and then all of a sudden everybody calmed down a little bit because I think they were fearful they were going to get kicked out. But so on that drive, they got hurt, started early. And then uh, after that, this, this is where my frustration starts. Rondell Moore uh, on the right, they hand it off. He gets stopped for a two yard loss. 
And then they do a, uh, that was on first and 10. So now they're second and 12. They do a short pass to the left to Rondell Moore. Again, like behind the line of scrimmage, he gets three yards out of it. So uh, now we're third and nine and uh, another incomplete pass. And now they're, they're punting. But it, it felt like early in the first half, every time they went to Rondell Moore, it was something in the backfield. Yeah. which has always been my criticism and how they're using Rondell Moore. And, and I keep posing the question. I was kind of, I got very critical on Rondell Moore but as the game went on because I felt like, I was like, man, Rondell Moore just isn't good. But I still think part of this is, I don't know if he's just not good or if Cliff doesn't know how to use him. And, and that becomes the problem. That's my thing. I don't think they know how to use him because ultimately Rondell Moore could literally be Arizona's Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Because he can do a lot of the same things. He's strong. He runs the ball strong. He's got strong lower lower body is strong. Like he catches the ball. He's fast as lightning. Hey, it's just one of those things. He runs good routes. I, I don't I don't understand why every time, you know, he's in the in the mix, it's a you know, a jet sweep or a, a screen pass. I'm like, I get it, you want to put the ball in his hands. I understand that. But let's Let's do this effectively. Let's not make it to where when Rondell Moore's in the game, the defensive coordinator's game planning because he knows, right? Oh, this is mm-hmm. going to be – there's some type of screen coming or some type of, you know, jet sweep, some some funny plays here, right? It's something that's going to be uh, get the ball in his hands quick and try to let him get out in the open. So I think Cliff Kingsbury is very predictable when Rondell Moore's in the game, and that's what leads to a lot of the negative plays. And speaking of the negative plays, and I'm trying to find my liked stat here, Rondell Moore at one point had touched the ball three times, and I don't, I didn't mark when this was at, but he had a negative five yard run, a negative two yard run, and a three yard catch was basically the outcome. So he was, uh, and actually his ending stat line was rushing two attempts, negative seven yards. So too much of the the sweep and the end arounds and all the different stuff that they were doing. It's just like just the saying. predictability part. Yeah, they know yeah. when he goes in motion or something like that. Listen, that is a it's something that's a high possibility of happening of them handing the ball to him or pitching it or whatever. So that's why I go back to the predictability part. Like you, you're just as a defensive coordinator, you make it so easy on me when he's moving and in motion. Like I know he's going to be a factor in this play. So. All you got to do is just spy somebody and just run it with man. Yeah. Or zone it up. Just play zone where there's nobody that's really involved right there. You just have everybody flock to the ball. Yeah, and and you're they're waiting for it. I mean, just like you're saying, they're they're they know it's coming. And at that point, if he touches the ball, it's it's in the backfield and he's having to recoup some yardage. And and he doesn't, he gets stuffed. Um on the contrary, now the Eagles, their first drive. It was like they could do nothing wrong. 11 plays, 64 yards, took them four minutes and 13 seconds. Um, they uh, ended with a Hertz one-yard run at the goal line. But prior to that, Hertz was playing pitch and catch uh, on the left side to A.J. Brown. I think he had three catches mm-hmm. on that opening drive, right? Yeah. All over Marco Wilson. And it had me see That's what they've team. been doing all year. Yeah, been doing that. They all, I mean, they're five and zero now, and every game they've done it, he's just marched it down the field. No matter who they've played, it's just we're going to go down the field. We're going to do this. I'm going to find who I want. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to complete it. I'm going to run it. I'm going to get first downs. 
And they're basically the Eagles offensive coordinator is basically just screaming at every defense saying, stop this. Mm-hmm. And until, until yeah, until you do, he's gonna keep doing it. And so I'm gonna keep pounding it down your throat until you stop. And if and, you can't and, stop it, I'm gonna keep doing it. And that's essentially what they did. They they only score once in the first quarter. Um, luckily, you know, when you look at the numbers they've put up in the first half in the first yeah. four games, they're just insane. But uh, in the first quarter, the Eagles ended up with 120 yards. The Cardinals, again, just 47. It's just a common thread that you're seeing week after week is the it's Cardinals. Five weeks in a row. Yeah, they just don't get started. And I heard as I was walking out of the stadium, um, Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley, who do the call for Arizona sports um, every week on the radio, and and I'm listening to them on the – they have them on the stanchions when you walk out. Mm-hmm. And I heard Pash say, you're expecting this offense to get going faster. You don't win games when you only score 17 points. And I think that's that's true is true. You you got to score more than 17 yeah. points, especially you to be – in, in this yeah. league, yeah. in this league, a 17-point-a-game average is not good enough. Like it's – I mean, and I know in the locker room everybody says it. I was in the locker rooms, Right. Seven points should be enough for us to win a game. I mean, I get that. You're talking to the best players in the world. But mm-hmm. everybody on every team is the best players in the world. They're all getting paid. I think people lose sight at times that all 32 NFL teams are elite football players. Like, they're all getting paid. There's guys getting paid just as much as guys on your team are getting paid. You're not – no matter what their record looks like, and you want to, people, you know, as fans, you want to say these guys are scrubs, right? They're 0-4, they're terrible, but these are the best in the world. We're talking about guys that are on bad teams that were on good teams a couple of years ago, and we were like, this guy's a top five receiver. So I think people lose that sight thinking that, oh, people should run down this. We, should, we shouldn't have to score a lot of points. But in this league, if you don't score 25-plus points a game, you're not going to win many games. You know what's funny is, and I didn't notice this as the game was going on, and but we're going to give some flowers to Vance Joseph and the defense as we go on here. But I, I'm going to make mention since we just talked about A.J. Brown and those three receptions in the first quarter. Did you see, uh, Britt, how many receptions he had for the game? I didn't see him in the second half. I'll tell you that. He had three receptions for 32 yards. He didn't catch another ball after those three that he burned Marco on on the on the, on the first on the, on the first first offensive possession that they had. So, I, I mean, props to the Cardinals defense. We'll give them more props as we go on because because they really are what kept this team in this game. But you know, again, you spot a team 14 points, just like you have almost in every game. You've, you've started out by by just giving points away and, and hoping you guys can come back with three quarters to go. And that's what they did. The second quarter, uh, Jalen Hurts, another one-yard run on the goal line. Cardinals trying to get that goal line stand and force uh, some kicks. Didn't happen. Ended up, uh, again, going up 14 nothing. But the Cardinals do answer back with five minutes and 24 seconds left. Uh, 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 it was a Hollywood Brown re- reception from Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Which he broke. Great, for, great, great run after catch. Oh my gosh. Doesn't yeah, get any better than that. Got 25 yards and got the score. And, and then it just felt like being in the stadium, that's when the switch was made. And all of a sudden, even down seven, I could feel a little bit of swagger in the air for Cardinal fans that were there at the stadium of like, okay this team isn't that good. Like they are, but they're not. We're, we're stopping them. 
and we can hang. Like we belong here, which which that's the one thing Cardinal fans should understand. As much as this team's been really bad to start, they have all the pieces to hang with any team in the NFL. And they've been in night. I think there was one game where they just the were. Chiefs, was, yeah, yeah. But other than that, they've been in. It didn't look like it at the beginning, but they found ways. And that's that's where you go back to what we talked about earlier, and just the the fast start. Like in this league, you can't start slow. You can't spot people fourteen points and expect to win the game. Like it's just not how it's going to happen. So how crazy is it that we're doing that over and over again, and we're still in these games at the end? It shows you how talented this offense could be. It could be uh, um, like in like we talk, I mean we talked about it off off camera and before like it's just they've got everything they need offensive. You have all the weapons. I mean you got a week, two weeks, and D Hop is back, and then your receiving core goes up even higher, right? So I, I just like, wanted I wanted to hit on that. Did you see the tweet and Instagram post from Hopkins earlier today? I didn't want to say. It was uh, he posted like these posters of him posted around town or whatever. And uh, they are the don't call it a comeback comeback tour. And it has the game, the Saints game circled and all the games that have already been played crossed out. And he's he's itching. He's itching. Oh, to come and back. that's that's the good thing, though. And I think that's, you know, as, as bad as it was that he had to serve a six game suspension, I think for the Cardinals, I think momentum wise, you're going to get like heyday DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder again. I think he's mad that he had to serve this suspension. He's itching to get back on the field. I think it's just about to be another one of those, like, just get it in the vicinity and the hop is back. So what, what is hoping is the spark. Asking for someone's fantasy team might be my own. Oh, it might be multiple of my fantasy teams. <laughs> what does that do for Hollywood Brown, you think? Because as, as, as we look today, Hollywood Brown, let me pull his stat line here. Uh, ten. T- he was targeted ten times, had eight receptions, seventy-eight yards, and a touch on obviously that twenty-five yarder that we just talked about. Yeah. What does that do for him when Hop does come back in a couple weeks? God, it makes his job easier because he'll be playing the, the moment, second corner at that point, right? Well, think about it. Think about it. At the moment, right? Hollywood Brown is the quote-unquote number one for the Cardinals. So there's going to be a safety walked over. There's going to be a little bit of extra help added at the moment. When D Hop comes back, you can't do that. And that's what I think is crazy. He's still making like miraculous plays and, yes. and looking like every bit as advertised. Oh, when, Hollywood when is is as advertised. He's an amazing receiver. He runs great routes. He's fast. He's got great hands. Right? He's, he's everything getting, you want in a receiver. He was getting great separation too. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, he's always had separate, even when he's in Baltimore. He mm-hmm. gets the separation. He's never had a problem getting separation and getting open. You know, I think I think D Hop coming back only makes Hollywood better because now Hollywood's in a lot of one on one situations. Because let's be honest, I don't care if D Hop is in his 18th year playing in the NFL. You're not single covering DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to do man coverage all game and say, "Hey, you." I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if you reincarnate Champ Bailey and bring it back. <laughs> like. You are not, as a defensive coordinator, you you would be a fool. You would be a fool to run uh, most of the game in man coverage with DeAndre Hopkins. And now you add Hollywood Brown into that mix, and you're running man coverage with those two playing outside. I mean, this is where Rondell Moore comes into effect, where learning how to get him the ball and the routes and the plays to get Rondell Moore involved 
is be gonna is gonna become big when you get D Hop back because he is gonna be running around in there on a nickel corner. Your third your third corner on the depth chart is gonna be covering a Rondell Moore or even a Greg Dortch. Hell, I love that kid. I yeah. love watching Greg Dortch play. Did you love see him? Play? Did you see him play today? Not a lot. Not a lot at Not all. Lot. Actually, I didn't like that. I, I, I haven't like seen. I don't think anyone's. I've been able to check or see yet, but I didn't see him in on any offensive drive. I only saw I him on punt returns and kick returns. And I don't like that. I, uh, uh, another thing which scares me. I don't want to say this and sound like you know I'm leaking anything, but that, I think that's upstairs. Mm. He's undrafted, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-mm. We got drafted guys out there that – I don't know. That's, uh, let me not get into that and <laughs> put any bad blood out there. I, you know, But honestly, think about it, man. I mean, he came out there early in the season when people were hurt and he had great success. And to see him not in the lineup, why? Why is he not in the lineup? Why is he not playing – 30, even 30, 40% of the offensive snaps. Why? And he did last week. He got 30% when Rondo Moore came back. And now this week, non-existent. I mean, didn't get on the field. And uh, I'm I'm actually getting him out there even while Rondo Moore is healthy. We're still giving Rondo Moore 70 to 80% of the plays. I mean, I get that. Especially when you have Rondo Moore like playing around in the backfield all the time. Like, if you're all you're going to do is run screens and and end arounds with Rondo Moore, what's the point? Mm-hmm. The man is a burner, and we've seen it when he's been healthy in years past. Yeah, I have but no idea. Why, ex- why are we keeping him in the backfield? It, it makes zero sense. That is your speed team. Let well, him go run. And, and Cliff, actually, I saw someone tweet out, and I didn't get to see who it was or, or the full details, but it was a, it was during the offseason. Cliff was asked about how Rondell Moore would be used, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, he's going to fill the void of Christian Kirk. Well, Christian Kirk wasn't running a ton of gadget plays in the backfield. He was running kind of that slot roll and running down the middle and and your burner taking the top off. Like that's Rondo Moore is fast. I mean, he's probably the fastest guy on the field and, and you're not using him or his speed. You're trying to use him in the backfield and hope in that space that he can just outrun everybody. But I think yeah. to me, now this is also my opinion. So when this gets aired on Twitter, I hope nobody comes after my throat. Um, I think Rondell Moore is more of a factor than Christian Kirk was on this, in this offense. And that's not taking away anything Christian Kirk did. Christian Kirk was a great receiver for the Cardinals. He did everything right. He was always in the right spot. He made great plays. He saved a bunch of these Kyler Murray passes that we were very, you know, suspect on why he threw that. I mean, hell, he got paid $70 million. So he did something right. Okay. But I think when you look at a game plan, you have the right offensive coordinator in that spot, the right person calling plays. I think Rondo Moore is can be more of a game changer than Christian Kirk was with the Arizona Cardinals just because of what he – I mean, everything he brings to the tape. And the Christian Kirk was fast, just the same. He has great hands. He tracks the ball. Christian Kirk might be – I mean, while he was in Arizona, he was probably the second-best ball tracker on – Cardinals roster next to DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, and when Fitz was here, obviously, Fitz is probably one of the best ball trackers, like tracking over the shoulder a deep ball that's ever played the game. But I just, 
I don't know. I think Rondell Moore, if, if used correctly, could be the Cardinals. Like I said before, the Cardinals, Debo Samuel. I think he's got potential to do more than just be, you know, a, you know, a deep threat. So, and I, I, I know Cliff knows that. I know they know that. I just don't think. I, I just don't think he knows how to call plays. Yeah, well, I mean, once uh, the the token 15-play script was up, I mean, you saw a whole different Cardinal offense. And to wrap out the first half, they end with a 20-yard field goal from Amendola, who they just signed this week. Um, you were hoping to get a touchdown out of out of that drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably won't be on the roster. No, no. I, I, I think Rodrigo Blankenship will get a phone call um, probably Monday yeah. or Tuesday. I, I don't know why you didn't call him first. Well, he did. He was here. for try. They all tried out. Amendola, Rodrigo, and uh, two college guys. And they signed Amendola, which Amendola apparently, and I'm saying this and have not fact-checked it, apparently he missed a field goal, I think, for the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, a game yeah. winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I haven't got to watch many of the other games around the league because I've been at every game uh, that the Cardinals have had. So, um, yeah, so you have a guy that's had some miss issues, and we'll get into his miss issues here in a minute. But um, yeah, so you go you go into half, you're down fourteen ten, but you got to think of that locker room. What is that locker room like, Britt? I mean, it feels like at this point momentum is all in the Cardinals' favor. What is that locker room going into halftime? I mean, don't get me wrong. You wanted a touchdown to end to end halftime. I didn't like the clock management going into halftime. Did not like that at all. I feel like you had a timeout. You know, I get it. You wanted to try to save it. But I feel like when you have 46 seconds left on the clock after a first down play and the clock is running, I get the, I get the spike. I get it. But if you're going to spike that you need to get up there immediately and do this, I feel like they just let too many ticks come off to where at the end of the, at the end of the half, was that we have to take end zone shots. We have to go to the end zone because we just don't, we don't want you. You had 10 seconds left with a first and goal. I don't want to stir up the fan base here, but this is another, among the many reasons you miss Larry Fitzgerald, but how good was Larry Fitzgerald his last few years of his career about when it's in these situations, he would run, grab the ball, run it to the middle and get everyone to move up. They don't have that guy. It's not Kyler. It's not any of the receiver. They don't have anyone like, hey, AJ Green, if you're going to drop every ball that you get an opportunity at, and he did redeem himself today. But yeah, uh, well today. but as a veteran leader, like, how about you're the guy that gets everybody where they I mean, need that's to be what somebody? They that's what they're missing. They don't have, I don't think they have anybody on offense right now, which you'd like to see somebody like a Zach Ertz or a James yeah. Conner or somebody that's been in this league for a long time to come into that book. It, it happened every time. Fitz was just – Fitz was the ultimate pro when it came to situational football. Like when he knew it was under two minutes, we was in two-minute drill, the clock was running down. If I catch the ball for a first down, I hand that ball to, to the official. I get the ball to the official, we get lined up. He was the ultimate pro in that. You can't take anything away from that man. He did everything right and did it for 17 years the right way. So – I think the Cardinals, they are definitely missing him in the sense of the leadership role on offense. Now, I know they've got guys like J.J. Watt on defense, and but, you know, defense can't help offense in this situation. This is this has got to come from a veteran on the Some, offense. Someone's got to be on the field, right, but to help that, yes. that all happen right. and keep everyone understanding what's going on in the moment. And we'll talk Guaranteed. about that on that last drive here in a minute. But, um, 
yeah, that's that's just tough. The one thing we didn't we glassed over before we get into halftime here is the defense. They came alive in the second half. Um, you know, other than that one touchdown, Zach Allen making big plays again. I feel like we just say his name week after week after week. He has earned a contract. He's just disrupting stuff, and it's perfect. It's what if you I'm need. St- you need. If it. I'm Steve Kime, I'm paying him like right now. Like, stop waiting. Like, the longer you wait, this guy is going to earn a monstrous contract. It's the wrong uh, organization to talk about paying early. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like everybody that they should pay, they let walk. And they've I, been doing I, it and they've been doing it for years. Speaking of Hassan Reddick, he made some impact there. And I think it was in the third quarter. He had a big oh, sack man. on Kyler Murray. And that's a guy that, you know, when he got that sack, it felt real good uh, after amazing. getting let go and not getting that second contract. I but, went over and told my wife that I said, yeah, I said, Hassan Reddick right now, is ecstatic inside. You're not going to see it on the field, but he can't. I mean, and I was, I'm happy for the man. I was, I played with him here in Arizona when he was a first round pick and the dude was everything advertised. Like he did, he was in the backfield. He disrupts things. He gets pressure on the quarterback. He's a hell of an athlete. I mean, that was one of those, you know, them head scratchers when it's like, Oh, we're not going to pay him. Like, Mm -hmm. like, especially when you're losing Chandler Jones. I mean, we knew Chandler Jones wanted out the year before. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the year you let him go. It was the year before. Yeah. So that's when you yeah, should have you should have so, made a commitment at that point. Well, and they as the Cardinals, you probably knew the year before that you were not going to keep Chandler Jones. Well, Chandler like, Jones wanted out while he was still there. Yeah. So I so mean, between that was apparent, it came out, you know, there was a trade, asked for a trade. Like it was mm-hmm. it was the thing, like you knew you weren't getting Chandler Jones back. And that was a that well, and, and you shouldn't have paid him, which which that's what you're seeing in, in Las Vegas right now. Chandler Jones isn't producing and he's on the other side of 30, and he's one of those guys where you just you don't like to do that. Hassan Reddick was the young version of what you, you would know? want, and, and, and he's he gotten pressure. He got pressure, he was in the backfield every year he played for the car. Mm-hmm. Yep, no nope. produced. He got big sacks. mistake, he had tackles for loss. It was just another one of those front office, just like pride situation well, I don't want to pay him. He ain't, and it's like but he's been the most what was their the fault playing person. him in the wrong position for year after year and then they <laughs> exactly. finally had him what are you supposed to do and and no one else has had him do anything different since and all he's done is and put up sack numbers so. put up numbers and it was just yeah. one of those things where you're just like that it doesn't it doesn't make sense his 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 last year here I remember going to Dallas uh Cardinals got a big win in Dallas this was two year two years ago three years ago and um Actually, I think it was the COVID year. I think it was 2020. And Christian Kirk had a good game that game too. Yeah. And, and they were the they were the only stadium at that point that was really allowing fans, right? It was Dallas, Jerry's they were World. Texas. Yeah, they were in Texas. They, they were allowing fans. <laughs> it, it, well, it was a reduced, it was it was still reduced, but it was like thirty five thousand opposed to like seventy thousand. So yeah, that was the COVID one game. It wasn't real in Texas. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up going to uh, that game, uh, just a gr- small group of us. And I sat actually pretty close to all of his family, Hassan Reddick's family. And he got, that was a game. He got like five or six sacks. He had yeah, a huge game that game. Crazy. I think he got more than that. I think it's like six or seven. It was like a ridiculous it was, number. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, every time he got a sack, I, I don't know if it was his dad, his uncle. Uh, it was a, a little bit of an older of a gentleman. So I could tell it was something like that, either dad, uncle, someone in the family. And, Every time he got a sack, he was 
doing the doll, the money sign and like yeah, we getting paid. Oh, so, and oh, they were all pumped. They were pumped every second. Got were like, pay the yeah. man, pay the man, and uh, it just goes back go. to the 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 stigma with the Cardinals, though. Like, Kyle has been bashed for the last eight years or however long he's in here for for draft picks. He doesn't mm-hmm. draft well. Well, then you finally hit on a draft pick with a Hassan Reddick, and he plays four years, and it's like, okay, well, we're going to let him play his contract, and he's going to leave. And it's like, when you actually hit, you let him go. But when you bring in the draft picks that you don't like, it's bad. Like, Andy and Isabella, for instance, we drafted him, huh? We got let go we, last week. We released him this week. Yep. Or this week, man. I, Feels yeah, like two weeks ago already. Yeah, it's like I, I don't understand a lot of these. And that's nothing against Isabella because Isabella was all – I mean, he did what he was supposed to do when he was here. I just – I think they drafted Andy Isabella thinking he was going to be, a, you know, a D-hop type receiver, a number one. Somebody's going to come in and put up all pro numbers. And it's not knocking the kid, but it's just not the offense for him to do it. So – yeah, obviously. So we get into the second half. Eagles make adjustments quick, and uh, they move the ball down the field pretty fast. But the Cardinals are able to stop them and hold them to a field goal. It was 10 plays, 51 yards, uh, five minutes and three seconds. They ate off the clock. I felt like the Eagles, all their drives, they ran off a lot of clock. The first drive, uh, first scoring drive, four minutes, 13 seconds. Second one, seven minutes, 20 seconds. This one. Five minutes and three. Um, they ended with a 42 yard field goal. Again, they signed a backup kicker, mind you. They had to have they had their own kicker issues. And uh Dicker hits a 42 yarder to put them up 1710. Uh, and at this point, right around here is when James Connor on the next drive, I believe, rips off uh his best run of the game. Um and he's done. it was like 17 yards, yeah, and then he hurt his ribs. And uh, he ended up walking off uh, to the locker room. So he finished with nine attempts, 55 yards, uh, again, a long of 17. Uh, James, I think he's been hurt week after week. He's been playing hurt, and he's just a tough guy, and he loves his teammates. I respect it. But I also feel like this team kept, what was it, five running backs, six running backs? And they kept them because they loved all of them. And it's like, James, you got guys behind you, and you just got that big bag, like – if you're hurt, let <laughs> get healthy. Yeah. We got guys that can we got guys that can that can pick up the load while you're getting healthy. Get healthy so when you come back, we get, you know, healthy James Conner. We don't yeah. have James Conner who's got a nagging injury that he's trying he wants to be out there for his teammates, but he's hurting it at the same time. So funny enough, he, he or not funny, he James Ward gets hurt earlier in the game. I think it was like right in the beginning, or maybe it was in warmups. But I, I know I saw a report that he was out. Um, so you lose Ward, not James, Jonathan Ward. Uh, you lose Jonathan Ward. He's hurt, and then you've got uh, now Connor goes down, and now you're splitting between Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin, who. I was screaming for in the first quarter of both of these guys are averaging five yards of carry plus <laughs> give them the ball. Uh, let's see what they can do. They both seem healthy and, and they, anytime they touch the ball, it's great. And I, I think that's been a problem and I get it as, as the, the game changes and you fall back by 14 points, you can't run as much anymore, but it, I'm talking about early first quarter, first couple of drives, like they got to commit to the run and they haven't been. 
And yeah. it's just been like, man, this is what's killing you. And Kyler Murray, I don't think he had his first scramble or, or designed run until like middle of the third, end of the third. Yeah, I mean, so, I, and we've seen the stat when he runs 10 times, they win. I mean, they've lost one time out of 11 games. He, I mean, think about it. When he gets out and makes plays with his legs, like the Cardinals move the ball. They do mm-hmm. every single time when he sits in that pocket and is running for his life, essentially, you know, trying to get get away from five defensive linemen at one time. You know, and when he's doing that, our numbers go down. But when he gets out, he doesn't have anything. He scrambles for 10, 15 yards. Those, those little eight to 10 yard scrambles that he has can turn into 50 yard scrambles like that. And they can turn into a 50 yard run so quickly with one missed tackle. I think we it's 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 another thing to starting fast with this offense. You he doesn't run a lot early, and I think that there should be more design runs for him early in the game, allowing because those early first downs give your offense momentum. So. The next, yep. Then the next drive, the Cardinals will answer back, and this is where they actually end up tying things up. Um, this is in the start of the fourth. Uh, Eno Benjamin had a run, lost some yardage. Uh, Kyler Murray to AJ Green. This is where AJ, the AJ Green redemption show. He ends up catching like two or three passes yeah, in a row, three in a row. Yeah, and, and he rips off those. Kinds of becomes uh, Kyler Murray. What he's always kind of been is Kyler Murray's safety valve, and you saw it again here today between him and Ertz. Those are really the guys he goes to when he needs, uh, you know, needs some help there. Um, Eno Benjamin getting a lot of a lot of run there. Uh, he caps off the drive with a 11 yard run to, for a touchdown. Eno just runs these angry runs. <laughs> he got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he got a short pass from Kyler a little bit earlier in the drive for 16 yards. I mean, this man, he's he's a bad bad man, and they got to keep that's giving somebody the ball. You want, but that's one of those guys that you want. You got to give him the ball. Because mm-hmm. he runs with a purpose. There's no, he's not running like he's, you know, a fifty million dollar running back. Yep. You know, yep. where it's I know I got paid and I know I'm good, right? I can make these good runs, but no, Eno runs like he's trying to get to that bag, right? Like I'm hitting this hole hard. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna keep my vision open, but I'm getting there. I'm not gonna tiptoe into that hole. I want to say Daryl Williams left earlier in that drive, or maybe it was the drive before. But at this point, Eno's your only back now. So you have, yeah, yeah, the only healthy active running back. Um, So, I mean, he made the most of of the opportunities there. And so I'm sure he'll be a a popular waiver claim uh, this week in the fantasy world world as he should be. But, uh, and I've been hard on the uh, people will roast me on Twitter for being hard on ASU players uh, here locally that go on to the pros, but I feel like there's a lot of Homerism there. Right. And there's been guys like a DJ Foster that, Anytime they're on the team, and he's the one I think of the most because anytime someone like him's on the team and the starting running back isn't playing well, then it's like, oh, they should give Foster a chance. I heard that forever. And it just, you know, never panned out. Some guys aren't the guys, you know, just because they come from the local school. You know, I was kind of hard on too. I said, we've seen the story before. We've seen the the seventh round draft pick running back that people fall in love with. And, uh, you know, the last few weeks has just shown those mean, 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 mean runs. And he picks up the yardage. He was averaging five yards a carry. I don't know what his average is now after today, but I'll take a look at that. We'll, we'll cover that midweek. Um, but yeah, really impressive by him. So now we get into the end of the fourth quarter. The Eagles are just, you know, they're killing the clock. 
just completely killing the clock. Um, the Cardinals do a great job at holding them to just a field goal. I think at times people thought, oh boy, they're going to score a touchdown right here. Um, Cliff burns all three timeouts uh, when they were first and 10 from the uh, 10 yard line to score. And ultimately, you know, again, they held them to a field goal, which was great. They had an opportunity for an interception at one point, and uh, Thompson went down. You were kind of nervous for him at one second, thinking, oh, boy, mm-hmm. is, is he going to be severely hurt? But he got off on his own power. Um, like I said, they settled for a field goal. This was an almost eight-minute drive, 17 plays for 70 yards, and the Eagles just kind of sucked the life out of the Cardinals right there. But you had time on the clock, right? You had a minute 45 left. And you thought, you know, Kyler Murray, this is what he does. He he wins these miracle games where, you know, doesn't need a ton of clock. And I will say, I want to give them credit. I felt like they managed the time a lot better most of the drive, right? Like, I did see Kyler have urgency most of that drive, where in the past, they've kind of lollygagged and they've mm-hmm. ate up a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, well, what they did in the first half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did. The second half was a lot better than the ending of the first half. Other than there was a play later. It, it was when they were within, I don't know, 23 yards, and he called an audible, and he's like, uh, you know, switching up the play. Was that on that drive, or is that earlier? I'm trying to remember. I remember he did it early. At some some point in the game, he called an audible when like they needed to save the clock. I'm actually mixing this up. That was, uh, that was earlier in the first half uh, when they settled for the field goal. Right. That he did that there and he didn't do that on this last drive, which was great. So uh, give him credit for that. Now, the one play he did screw up on was that run when it was third down and he slid and he was a yard short. I get it. I get it. He's trying to be smart. I get he's trying to be smart. But in that situation, winners got to win. This is where you're like, Kyler, I know nobody wants you to get hit. Nobody wants you to get hit. We don't want you to get hit. We want you to take as least amount of hits as possible. But in this situation, it's third and one. If you start sliding a yard before, I don't care if you slide after the thing, you're down before. So I I, I don't want to put it on him because I, I love Kyler Murray. I've, I've watched him and I've fought him since he was in high school. I mean, I'm a Texas guy too. So I'm – this one he's got to wear. He's got to wear this one that this is – not that the entire game is his fault or anything, but the way this game ended, I think you have to lower your shoulder. You've got to get this first down, and then that's it. I mean, I, I just I think that the way they lost was just him sliding. So him sliding makes a third and one. Then they spike it, and so now it's fourth down. you got 20 seconds left. They don't have any timeout, so at this point, they're going to send the kicker out. Now I'm going and to I don't point like to that. I don't like putting it. I don't like putting the game in the hands of somebody that's been here for five days. Mm-hmm. That has missed his last game winning kick. And well, let's, let's talk about what five of them in pregame. There you go. I didn't know this. I did not make it in during. Actually, maybe I wasn't during pregame, but I wasn't paying attention to the field or the kicker at that point. I hear that the Fox broadcast pulled up him missing from about forty yards yeah. out. Same. Four of, four of them. Wow. They showed all four of them. Same way, too. Missing out to the right. Faded it out to the right. I don't know. Like, I'm not a head coach, but if I would have known this going in, like, why are you trotting about, period? I don't I, understand. I'm, I'm running late at this point. Like, you know what? Let's run a normal fight. 
maybe we score. I mean, maybe we get the first down, maybe we don't. But at the, in this situation, I'm I would rather have Kyler Murray with the ball with well, there was like 28 seconds left at this point or something like that because I think I they got it back with 22 seconds left. Let me see. I'll tell you right. Actually, I can't tell you because it's not on this list here. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, there was 20 something seconds left after the play. So I, I think at at this point. Uh, you have enough time to spike it and get another play, and even if you get tackled inbounds with twenty with twenty plus seconds left, so I'm I'm I, I just I'm not putting it in. It was a, you're right. It was twenty two seconds. Yeah, so that's, I'm, that's I'm not I'm not putting the hand my game in the hands of a kicker that has that we just don't know about. You know, even if even if he made everything in pregame, I don't care. Mm-hmm. He's been here for five days. That's a lot not of- who I want in charge of my game. A lot of the fan base, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, they talked about Rodrigo uh, Blankenship, former Colts kicker with the goggles, uh, had better stats than Amendola. And a lot of fans were that. yeah, a lot of fans were questioning why did we sign Amendola than than Rodrigo? And uh I actually brought it up on the on I don't know if it was Friday show or Wednesday show, but I said I have a feeling this is gonna come down to a kicker missing a field goal. Literally forecast this i said hopefully the eagles though i said hopefully this comes down yeah, to the eagles the, their, yeah their backup sign kicker would blow the game but unfortunately that's how it ends for the cardinals we missed the field goal and that is the ball game so uh, again the cardinals dropped to two and three but cardinals fans again I, I wouldn't be too down if anything i'd be very optimistic after watching this team play again you just got to fix the they got to get started faster offense yeah, you got you got to fix that, right? But two, you, you got the Seahawks this week, and they're not going to be a walk in the park. The Seahawks have been good. Oh, Geno Smith has played better than Geno Smith has ever played in his career. So. Yeah, the Seahawks have looked good. Uh, they did lose today, 39-32. But here's the thing. The Seahawks put up 32 points. I think they put up a lot of points last week and the week before. Like, well, um, I'm actually trying game. to – Yeah, so it's – the Seahawks sh- should have won today. Yeah, I didn't get a, I didn't catch that at all. Last week they put up 40, 48 points on the Lions and they got a win there. Yeah. And we got 17. That's 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 where I'm going is the Cardinals have a hard because they've started so slow, they've had a hard time putting up Moss points. And so you have a Seahawks team that can score and they've proved it. They put up 23 the week they lost to the Falcons. So I mean, I'm looking week after week here and just seeing that they're putting up over 20 a game. I mean, at least, and some in the 30s and 40s. Uh, they had one. The game against the Niners was a was a only seven, and then week one. I want to see if I can find week one real quick. Um, I'm missing them week one. I don't know where they're at, but uh, yeah, no the. Oh, 17, 16. So for the most part, the last three weeks, they've been on fire. And so it is not going to be a walk in the park for the Cardinals. um, And it is at home. So uh, for the Seahawks. Now you did have the Rams also lose today, the Cowboys. So you stay within reach. No one's pulling away in the division, which is good. Uh, So that's, again, the reason for optimism. The Niners did win today. They're three and two. They're the only team in the division three and two. Um, But then lastly, so you got them next. And then you get Hopkins back. So we keep saying this be three and three after six games. When hop comes back, 500, 500. That's, when hop comes back, you have it's a new a shot at the playoffs. You have a mm-hmm. shot at the playoffs. Yeah. The, the division's within reach. If you could just win next week's game, you're not going to lose any more ground. So Everybody you're going to be one. Playoffs is on momentum. 
Yeah, I mean, you'll be, the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl with a nine and seven with a nine and seventeen. And you, you at that point, if you win next week, and if the Niners were to win their game, you're one game back. That's it. So with with him coming back, and and you have to more than likely think that two teams at least will come out of this division. So, um, yeah. you know, last they year always was three. do in this in this division. Though, you always have at least two teams at NFC West. NFC West is always a well, and the NFC as a whole isn't very strong. Yeah. So you, you no, got to think you're going to get yeah. you're going to get two to three. I, I mean, at minimum two, I would think you might get three. But at this point, before we wrap, producer Adam, the voice of the bird god. That is correct, gentlemen. Voice of the Bird God. Britt did not get introduced to the Voice of the Bird God last time he was on the show, but it is a fan favorite. No one knows. Mystery behind the curtain. The big question here, every once in a while, Britt, we try to come in maybe at the top of the show, maybe at the back end of the show and pose the question. The Cardinals are two and three. You guys just talked about everything still in front of them. Can still make the playoffs. You can be nine and seven and go on a run, obviously, in the postseason. But does the type of difficulties that they're having, do the concerns around the coaching decisions that go on in these games, have you been on a team over the years in your career where you have a sense of whether or not a season can get turned around and you can find momentum? Or is it really a week-to-week mentality that can change the direction of a season? I think it's – I think both. I think both. you can touch on both. I, I do believe that you can sense as a team of – what we have is if we can get, pull something together and we can switch it, we can turn it around and we can get there. But at the same time, there's a lot of teams that are on a week to week basis. Like this week. Yes. We feel like we can be playoff. We're a playoff team. We're a contender. And then the next week you go out there and you put up a goose egg and it's just, you look like, like, a, like, you know, you can put it between the Raiders game with the Cardinals and the Chiefs game with the Cardinals. Just put those two next to each other, right? You've got a team that you're like, comes back at the end of the game, fights through adversity, and beats the Raiders. But the week before, two weeks before, whenever it was, you know, you just got your teeth kicked in. Like, there was nothing you could do about it. So, I think to answer your question, I think it's a little bit of both. There's, 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 there's locker rooms that can see, you know, we've got everything we need. We've got what it takes to be a playoff team and there's locker rooms that there's like, trust me, I've been in, I've, I've talked to guys and there's, there's locker rooms that have already bought their tickets home at week eight, week 10, because they know, you know, there's those two and 14 teams and those teams like that. Right. Like my, my flight has been booked for six weeks going home. Cause I know we ain't going nowhere. Some so. reason for optimism, but maybe some cause for concern. We'll have to see how it plays out. I think it's a 50-50 balance yeah. right now. I, yeah, I, I like that. It could, it could turn out well, and it could it could be bad. You know, you're on one of those where it's it, – it all depends on the Cardinals. They're the only ones that can switch it up, right? Comes down I mean, to the locker room and, and the voices in and, there and getting yeah. that job done. Hey, that's the way you hope it's going to be, as I know Tyler is more than happy to hear that be the synopsis. Bird got out. Yeah, before we wrap, though, I do want to touch on a couple things that are coming out of the locker room right now. Zach Ertz, the mood is not good. We're all frustrated, especially since we can't win at home. They have lost, I believe, eight straight at home now. Um, Kyler Murray just got to the podium a couple of 20 minutes ago, and he was still in full uniform. I guess he sat in his locker and he said he was still processing this loss. And then uh, Justin Pugh lost it on some reporters. Um, It's not on one effing guy. Keep your effing head up. 
in terms of Amendola. He was sticking up for Amendola there, which you love to see. I, I mean, that's the stuff. I love the passion, but uh, we will we'll obviously get into this more, all this fallout on Wednesday, our midweek show. But I did want to kind of touch on that as, as the locker room is getting a little spicy here um, post-game. So. As it should. As it should. I mean, there's people that are they're disappointed. Like you said, there's frustration in the locker room. It's a shitty way to lose, bad way to lose. I don't know if I can say it on the thing, but you know, it's just it's bad. Like you don't you don't like losing. Like nobody likes to lose on a missed field goal, especially when it's guys that you're thinking as as Kyler Murray's probably sitting there thinking, like, if you put the ball in my hands this situation, we get this first down and we have another shot. If Kyler Murray's not thinking that, that's not who you want at quarterback. And you gotta think that's what he's thinking. I I mean I, 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 Kyler you know, him and watching him since high yeah. school, I know it's, that's exactly what he's thinking. He's a competitor. Uh, yes. With that being said, thank you big time, Britton Golden. Uh, Britt, you want to plug your social channels? Social channel Instagram is staygolden underscore 88, and Twitter is just Britton Golden. So, you know, feel free to curse me out tell me what i did wrong and said wrong i don't it doesn't hurt me i'm 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 still wake up tomorrow so go crazy i love your insight though i think i think you're providing something that nor gunner or i or producer adam can uh can provide right I, I mean you've been in these situations so we really appreciate you you filling in and um we're, we're gonna keep bringing you on here as many times as i can twist your arm Just to let get me you know on man i'm i'm always down to do it gives me oh, something awesome. to do on a sunday and uh, I'm at Bird Gang Travel, Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, make sure you follow us, like us, subscribe to us uh, and the show uh, wherever you get your podcast. I brought it up the other day. Spotify is my new thing. It's so easy. Every time a new episode drops, I get an alert. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I feel like an old man for just figuring this out. But <laughs> make sure, again, listen, subscribe. Uh, at wherever you find podcasts. You can also go to cardinalspodcast.com and get the full list and rundown of where you can access the pod. And we'll see you Wednesday when we kick off in the Valley.